All right, welcome to another episode of the Nordic Surfers Magazine Conversations podcast with your host today, Joshua B. Kirkman. I'm here with a, um, a special gentleman, one of my fellow countrymen, um, who has found himself stuck in Sweden. No, we're here by choice. That's all right. Um, I will introduce him, Joel Denbeston. Thank you very much for joining me for this special podcast episode. Thank you, Josh. Thanks for having me. It is our pleasure. And um, I thought I might start by just letting the listener know where exactly we are sitting and recording this because it's kind of an interesting story in itself. So can you describe where we're sitting and what the hell it is? Yeah, so we're actually sitting underneath the surf shop, uh, 654 surf shop on Sodomarm in, down in the basement where Yuan, the owner, has all his uh, storage and small office and it's packed full of gear, I guess you yeah. could say. Yeah, it's lots a, and lots of gear. It's a really interesting place. It's a it's a nice place to hang out, and um, we've been given the keys to the office, and we are enjoying it. Um, how the hell did you end up here in the first place? Well, a long time ago, um, around twelve years ago. Now, I met my then girlfriend Marie. <laughs> that uh, was that was a knee hitting the timber table, but that's all right. We'll continue. <laughs> uh, yeah, we met in in Verbier in Switzerland, actually. Okay, uh, we we're down there doing winter a winter season back uh-huh. in oh and then ended up coming up here after the winter finished and sort of hung out a bit that summer, and then um, it's been a lot of going backwards and forwards ever since. Yeah, so. right back to Australia for a year and then uh, Marie, my wife, started studying. Okay. So we moved here for three years. Right. Yeah, and then, um, yeah, back to Australia for four and now we've been back here for about four years. So, right. Uh, okay, so it's fairly balanced out. Um, for an Aussie to be living here, you, you haven't been completely locked into Sweden for no, all these years? not from the beginning, no. It's been sort of um, quite flexible, okay. which has been good. You kind of need that in the beginning, I think. Sure, sure. And I mean, let's talk about that. Like, um, what were what were some of your initial impressions? You know, you're you're a surfer. You're from a pretty cool coastal area of Australia. Um, what were some of your kind of challenges, or what were some of the good things when you first arrived into Sweden? Yeah, I guess like in the beginning, I didn't even think that it was possible to surf in Sweden. Yeah, like I knew the the Baltic Sea was there, obviously, but um. I just thought it was like, you know, too small to yeah. generate any kind of swell yeah. or waves. So um, in the beginning, I didn't really even think about it, to be honest. Yeah. I was just sort of going along, doing other things. And uh, and then it gets to a point where you're like really, really missing the surf, you know. Yeah. And, um, I think that's when I came, when I prepared to come back for the second time, I did a lot of research. And that was obviously like five years after the first time I've been here. So right. a lot had happened since then. Yeah. And, um, so it was good, you know. I did a lot of research and uh, got my friend uh, Andrew Mooney from Serpent Sleds to yeah. shape me a board for here with a bit more volume, a bit shorter, you know, uh-huh. fit into the sort of windswell kind of wave, sloppy, messy. Paddle well, go fast. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Brett was nice enough from Adelio, who sort of slung me a couple of wetsuits sure. to test out here in the winter, which was awesome. Sure. Pretty stoked for, for him to do that. And. Yeah, so the second time round was much, much more sort of commitment to find waves and to keep that surfing lifestyle yeah. continuing, you know. So without, I don't know whether you share many of your, like, like where was your first, do, do you remember your first surf here in Sweden? Like, when, where where was it? Are you allowed to name it? I don't yeah, know if it's yeah, a secret spot. Yeah, it was spot. actually Torto. Okay, it was Torto. Yeah, and that okay. was like back then the only spot that people would give away. 
You yeah. Know? It'd be like you live in Stockholm, you know, start asking around, okay, Tora, that's like... Sure. Yeah, it's sort of was already known then anyway mm. um, within the surf scene. Yep. Um, so yeah, that was my first surf that I had down there and it was pretty average. You know, Yeah, it describe any... it. What was the day yeah, like? It was like messy, two foot, cold, windy. Yeah. Uh, what time of year was it? Um, I think it was like early fall. Early, early fall. Yeah. So okay. it wasn't that... It wasn't like, that cold. No, it wasn't that cold. <laughs> but like for me, I think I only had like a 3.2 or something. Ah, okay. No hood and... Sure. Um, yeah, it wasn't anything good at all. <laughs> no. And then, yeah, sort of that was that was it. Then I realized it was possible and then yeah. sort of go from there. So how did you get to the surf that time? Like, how did you even find out about the place? Was this part of your research or did you have um, a, a buddy yeah. that was surfing no, here? No, no, I drove down by myself. Yeah. It was just like Google Maps, yep. basically. Total solo. Print out back then. Yeah. Print out off the computer. Printed map. All, yeah. No Powerful stuff. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was great. Wow. Okay. So from that point, you kind of got in the water in Torda, had a what you could call a surf in these parts in this part of the world. Maybe in other parts it wasn't. Um, how did your kind of engagement with surfing and the local scene around Stockholm evolve from there? Like, what were some of the the things that you did? And I guess I'm trying to maybe provide some good tips for any young Aussie players who end up in a similar situation. So, what what were some of the things that you did to get more surf time and kind of integrate a bit more in that in that way yeah i think this time when i moved back it was just like trying to be as flexible as you can with work Mm. because obviously you know there's not waves every day so if you want to surf you have to have a flexible job yeah um pretty much and have a car it's a lot of driving if you want to surf in sweden it's uh so yeah basically every sort of half decent swell that i would see a tour i'll drive down and surf spend yeah. as much time down there as i could yeah and i got really lucky this time i like the first surf i had down there i met like a bunch of local guys and they were super nice and yeah started chatting before and after the surf and and then a few more surfs later you know you get chatting more and more and then before you know it you know meet up for a beer or a coffee yeah and it sort of just stemmed from there and then then we started to sort of do a few trips together chase a little swell here and there up north yeah down south so no, it was good. It was really, I was really lucky this time. Yeah. And yeah. and so this has all kind of taken place in the last... This is on your second... Exactly the last... Iteration four, of four Sweden. Years, so last four years. years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So before that then, in your times here in Sweden, you just were t- tapped out, no surf, just... Pretty much. Swedish yeah. life. Yeah. So what were you doing? I bought a motorbike. Okay. Yeah. I bought so, an enduro. And, okay. Uh, know nothing about motorbikes so <laughs> not really a motorbike or like petrol person yeah right at all but okay it's like i just had to do something to to sort of sure uh, expel some energy i guess okay so you tinkered yeah i had a friend he was like oh, i'm gonna buy a bike and i was like okay i'll buy one i'll we'll buy go one right too. together so yeah okay it was fun but i wouldn't do it again no <laughs> <laughs> it'd be kind of handy if you yeah. were near some surf spots that and you wanted to handy. actually yeah. get to the beach yeah for sure um, so there was there was the motorbike tinkering and and you're a chippy by trade yeah sure yeah I am okay and were you chippying when you were here the first time around or yeah that was another like pretty hard to, to yeah. get a foot in the door actually totally um, which is also another thing that's happened really smooth for me this time yeah uh, met a, a few guys that have their own companies as well so we yeah. sort of all work together yeah um, but we all have our own companies so it's um, essentially everyone's their own boss yeah and um 
yeah, makes it more flexible and uh, sure. Yeah. Were they surfers as well no, though? No, they're not surfers, but they're just good guys. I think yeah, it's fun okay. to fun to work with. One cool. guy skis a lot. Um, okay, similar kind of lifestyle, but in, in the mountains. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. No, so it's really lucky. So with this, um, I guess before we move off this kind of topic about you know kind of adapting to the Swedish way of life, like when when you were here not surfing and bike tinkering etc what well, i mean was it a difficult period for you to to Definitely. be here and like what was kind of the most like how bad was it it wasn't super bad but i mean of course you when you don't have your sort of normal outlet mm. that you've grown up with you know um it was difficult to try and find something else yeah to, that you're that passionate about you mm. know which is um I mean, surfing's a passion. You know what it's like. You grow mm. up in Australia. You, mm. It's in your blood from such a young age. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden, not to have that was uh, it was tough mm. for sure. Did you deny that it was a problem in the yeah, first place? Yeah, kind of. I was sort of like, ah, oh, Sweden. It's a great place to live, but I always sort of looked at it as temporary. Mm. I was like, oh, Marie's studying, and when she's finished, then we're going to move back to Australia. Yeah, there's of a course, deadline. Of course, we are. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, it was that that was my way of dealing with it i mm. guess then um uh, thinking that it wasn't permanent yeah so um kind of like a prison sentence no no sweet sweet it's all right it's yeah. all right we don't think it's prison no, we it's always right. joke that she tricked me here like, always, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a classic, you know? well yeah, yeah i mean my wife and i came here because of study purposes yeah, as well exactly. so you've been tricked also. yeah i got tricked also yeah. but it's it's all worth it yeah mate um so, so what was the most Swedish kind of thing? Did you did you try and really integrate into the Swedish world in like very specifically Swedish ways? Was there any, you know, attempts at curling, or was no, there any kind of like, like I'm going to cross country ski just to fit in here? No, I mean in the beginning, of course, they like cross country skiing and yeah. try it out, yeah. try ice skating. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah, so like, you did all that. Yeah, did all that, of course. Right. Um, I really enjoy like the winter sauna and the yeah. swimming in the ice. Sure. Like in the ice holes. Yeah. I think that's really fun. Yeah. Um, How'd you go with nudity the first time with yeah, the Swedes? Yeah, it was a bit of a mm. culture shock mm. for sure. Um, very used to it now though. Yeah. But, uh, in the beginning, yeah. <laughs> seen one, you've seen them all yeah, now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit different in Australia. Oh, we just got a, got a car leaving, okay. Um... Yeah, it's, it was one of those interesting things. A buddy of when I first moved to Sweden, a buddy of mine happened to be traveling in Europe. He came up for like a week, and he hung out. And um, we went to the local pool, and there was a sauna in the pool, and we just found it hilarious. That we obviously went in wearing shorts, not speedos, shorts, and and we noticed that there was a sign on the sauna window saying like no shorts. Like there was actually a sign saying don't wear shorts, which was. I'd never seen a sign like that before in my life, so that was a, a really interesting moment. Yeah, definitely. To realise how sure. different the culture is yeah. right now. <laughs> okay, so a bit of sauna. Um, did you get into any of the in, into any of the seasonal kind of delicacies? Any craft weaver kind of? Oh, I'm allergic to shellfish. Oh no way! So you're yeah, out. So I'm out for that. Wow. Um, okay. But yeah, like in the beginning. Uh, yeah, testing all like the Yule board, and, yeah, like, all the Christmas food, but it's it's kind of like the same food for every holiday. It is. It's like uh, Easter, Christmas, yeah, um, yeah, midsummer. They pretend like it's different, but no, it's but not. it's the same. Yeah, they just yeah. I don't know, what's but up it's for good. That. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's fun, right? Yeah, definitely. And did you try and um? Did, I mean, I'm pretty hopeless at Swedish. 
Um, have you, how did your Swedish develop or have you been able to get I mean, a grasp were, of the language? Yeah, now I have, absolutely. Okay, great. Uh, in the beginning it was tough. Uh, the first sort of year I did like SFI, which is like yeah. the Swedish for Immigrants course. Um, yeah. But everything was like going straight over my head, yeah. basically. Um, but I think like later on, I mean, the problem is everybody speaks perfect English here. So it's yeah. really tough to, to sort of further your Swedish skills. Um, but now after a while, it sort of clicked, you know, yeah. it, it takes some time and all that stuff that I learned in those classes has like been pretty helpful somewhere yeah. in the back of your mind, you know, yeah. like, um, so yeah, now I think that makes a really big difference yeah. uh, also into the integration, being able to understand what's going on all around you, totally. not just in your direct conversation with someone. Totally. So yeah, that's a really big thing for me. Yeah. Definitely. Was I'm, there not, a, I'm not fluent, but I understand yeah, totally. I speak w enough. Was there a moment, were there any kind of, um, with the idea of it kind of clicking, was there anything to do with working more with Swedes in Swedish or was it in the surf? No, it was actually more like uh, at work. I would, work. Uh, yeah, I had my like um, earmuffs on with the radio. So I was listening to like the Swedish radio P3 uh, okay. all day. All day. Eight hours a day. Great. Uh, listening to like a lot of uh, doc documentaries, interviews. Yep. So it was just like repetition, repetition. Yeah, and then I'd sort of hear a word like maybe 50 times in that day and yeah. I'd go home and ask Maria, oh, what does this word mean? Yeah. And she would tell me the translation and then it would just sort of stick. Yeah, sure. So, so then every time you're hearing like a word a day almost, really. Exactly. Okay. So that that's a nice little like hack. me a lot, yeah. So, and that's one of the, maybe people don't realize this, but like, well, look, I'm not very handy. I'm not a tradie. Um, but what I know or I've noticed is that Aussie tradies have a radio on with it blaring for everyone on site. Yes. But in Sweden, everyone's got their own personal headsets. Exactly. So do you want to describe this I for the listener have, in I Australia that might be like, what the, what's the, he talking about? I still have the earmuffs now. I, I used to own a pair with the radio, but now I have, I've gone back to the Aussie way. I have like oh. normal earmuffs and I have the radio on. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I'm like the only one. Okay. Everyone else has their own like personalised... So you're headphones. blaring. Yeah. You've got the. Yeah, yeah. You know. I'm guessing. So what's what's the brand of your um stairs? Uh, what do you got? We have a, a um, festival. 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 Yeah, okay. Yeah. And that's like a heavy. You can chuck it down the stairs. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a small version, but it's okay. Like, yeah, it's tough. One of those ones. Yeah. And so you're just blaring out. Are you still got the Swedish blaring out, yeah, or are yeah. you like streaming Triple J or no, something no, like that? No, no. Still got like the okay. P3 on. Okay. There you go. So that's blaring out. But other guys are just like nah, just yeah. That one, sorry, that, to listener, I was yeah. tapping my headphones like as if I'm switching my sound on. So that's what's happening. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So you're not messing with the culture. You're just kind of doing it your way and yeah, they're exactly. doing it their way. Yeah. Cool. Sounds like it's working. Are you on these job sites that you're working on, by the way? Uh, so you're a carpenter. So are you working with like different builders or are you kind of running the jobs now? Yeah, we're like, um, there's three of us. And, okay. and we have like a tinsmith that helps as well, doing all like the tin, all the roof all the tin work. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh -huh, so, okay. um, yeah, it's good. I mean, one one of the guys mainly is the, the boss. He yeah. would have like all the sort of jobs running through him. Yep. Um, but it just pretty works well. Yeah. It's really smooth. And you mentioned that one of the key aspects of... Um, being able to really embrace surfing in this part of the world to come back to that we kind of went out in a little wild journey there but um do, does do your, your colleagues do understand that surfing is this important thing and you've got that flexibility by being a tradesman definitely yep. yeah yeah they understand it i think they think it's a bit strange yeah because obviously they haven't been 
They're kind of right, though. Yeah. It's a weird thing, right? January, February here, when I go surfing, they're just like, what are you doing? It's only a few hours up this way too, right? Yeah. How how much sunlight in a January day will you reckon there is? On a sunny day, I guess. On a sunny day, I don't know, like around nine in the morning till two, three in the afternoon. It's heavy. Yeah, it's like, it's pretty short. The days are pretty short. Yeah. So, I mean, in the winter for me, it's like... um, mainly weekends like weekend warrior True. or if it's like some good forecast then you have to be you have to take the day off basically because yeah. it's not enough light nah but would you would work like in winter like you're working full days in yeah, the dark yeah, and yeah, in yeah. the like, have lights just, yeah, yeah so just you just rock it, it yeah just light it up yeah um that's that's really interesting like for for some maybe i don't know if you get asked this a lot from aussies who might be tuning in i imagine we might get a few on this one um what are there any certain differences in the actual building trade over here that are quite remarkable for you as an Aussie carpenter as, um, as opposed to being like a Swedish one? I'd say like all the sort of ground rules are the same, like all yeah. the basics or your structural stuff, but they have a big uh, emphasis here on like insulation, obviously yeah. for the cold, for the weather. So walls are much thicker. Yeah. Um, and they also have like a bit of ventilation, a lot more ventilation sort of yeah. in between the roof and the insulation. There's uh-huh. like an air uh, ventilation to stop condensation. Yeah. So stuff like that because you have a big temperature difference from say 22 degrees inside mm. to minus 22 degrees outside say yeah. on, a, on a really cold winter day. Yeah. So somewhere in that point is going to be like... Uh, risk of condensation and the mold kicks in exactly. and everybody starts so you've got to have it you've got to have it sort of the standards are a bit more like strict when it comes to that okay for sure interesting just wanted to figure that out there do you find that like aussie houses are generally under insulated though like Definitely. i find i'm freezing Definitely. all the time in yeah, australia yeah, yeah. It's so not just me. like if i would build a house in australia which might happen one day i would probably utilize a lot of the swedish um if you can afford it yeah sure uh, yeah, definitely insula- more insulation yeah. is needed in Aussie houses. Yeah, totally, sure. totally. Tips for any Aussies out there. You've just heard it right here. A little bit of carpentry thrown in. Back to surfing. How do you view, um, you know, we're sitting at 654 now. Um, it's a pretty rad place. It was the first time I've ever been there. And for the listener, um, this is a surf shop just in Stockholm. I mean, there's lots of Swedes and there's lots of boards and lots of Swedes buy boards seemingly. And it's kind of remarkable still as an Aussie to see a thing like a surf shop sitting in Sweden. It still blows my mind. There's one down in, um, big shout out to, uh, Matt at Red Snapper down in, uh, Malmö. That's the, the first kind of surf shop I saw in Sweden. And same thing, this kind of like Malmö and then there's a surf shop. It's kind of like still blows your mind. Um, what's the scene like here? How could you describe it for, for the listener, maybe out to a listener outside of Sweden specifically? Like around the, around town or? Yeah, just like yeah. the Stockholm surf scene. I mean, you're kind of at the, we are, I feel like I'm at the center of it right now. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So what's this all about? What is what is this scene all about to you? And what how would it be different maybe to how, or what are some of the differences or nuances compared to what you're used to back home? I think um, one of the big differences is back home when you go for a surf, you know, you kind of go for, for a surf and then you go home or you go and do something else. Whereas yeah. here it's like when the, when the waves are on, the waves are on. Yeah. So you've got to, you spend the whole day there because yeah. might, there might not be anything tomorrow or there might not be anything for another month. Yeah. Like, you don't know. So it's a lot more kind of um, 
you pack a thermos, you pack yeah. food, you, you're going you're gonna to stay there in. for a long time. You yeah. Know? Um, so that's the biggest difference. Like, come in, have a cup of coffee, maybe have some water, have a sandwich, and, yeah. then, and then go back out for another session. You yeah. kind of surf until you can't move, yeah. basically. Whereas you don't do it that often at home like that, unless the waves are, like, fire, Absolutely firing. pumping, yeah. yeah. Do you find that, um, on a personal level, have your standards, like, your kind of standards have dropped significantly? Absolutely. I have zero standards. <laughs> <laughs> I, I froth on anything yeah. these days, for sure. I don't even check it when I go down or yeah. wherever I go. I, I just put my wetsuit straight on. And when you're I'm back home, go. though, you're yeah, doing you, the same yeah, thing? Yeah. No, but you like you check it. You're like, oh, I might be better in like an hour. Oh, so you become Australian again? Yeah, back oh, home. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm the I, I'm pretty much just up for anything in Oz. Yeah. Like, I, my oh. standards are completely smashed. And i just like, yeah, I'm going surfing. I, like, think, what? I don't know why. I think here it's just like... Um, you take anything. Yeah. And then when you go home, obviously you're a bit spoiled, so you can wait for the tide. Mm. And, oh. Who are some of the standout surfers around here? You've been around this kind of tourer scene now for, I mean, that is the main kind of area you've surfed. Who are some of the standouts that maybe people from outside of Sweden might not have heard of um, that you can kind of mention who's ripping? Um, there's a few guys. You've got like Mana and uh, Snake, Eric. Um, they both surf really good. Um, also Mana's brother Jonte mm-hmm. and then of course like Freddie and Tim everyone probably heard of those guys and um, and it's good to see you got like a few younger grommets coming up now and yeah. I don't know their names yet I've seen them a couple of times out there but you yeah they're starting to like develop pretty quickly cool so it's going to be interesting to see what happens you know? yeah. and, uh, I mean the scene has like exploded here in the last five years since or four years since when I came back yeah, uh, the first winter that I surfed with those guys, there was probably only maximum like ten guys that would surf the full winter, mm. uh, and now it's uh, there can be thirty, forty guys in the water down there. It's a real thing. January, February, like proper dedicated. Yeah, I'll take my hat off to the, the guys that have learnt how to surf here. Yeah, I think that must be really tough. Mm. Like learning to surf in in those kind of waves, which with no power, mm. sloppy, windy, cold, yeah, just the sort of commitment to to do that is pretty incredible. Mm. I think. Yeah, it's pretty mind blowing, and and also I feel like the one of the things I remark upon is this distance that people will go to surf a really average wave. Yeah. and I hats off to them. You know, like you're gonna drive two and a half, three hours yeah. in pretty horrible weather yeah. knowing that the waves are going to be probably pretty horrible but you just you're locked in and you're, you're keen as definitely yeah i think there's still so much potential like uh in on all the islands like outside of stockholm the the hard part is the accessibility yeah of course um boat or jet ski and the other thing is like consistency i yeah. think if there was more consistent waves like then it would sort of open up that window to explore more yeah whereas now it's like you get a half decent swell forecast and you're sort of thinking, okay, do I go and, and have a mission somewhere and try and find yeah. or you just sort of haven't, haven't surfed for three weeks. I just want to get in the water yeah. and catch waves. Yeah, and, exactly. So it's a tricky sort of, it's a tricky one. What do you think has driven this explosion of surfing in, in the Nordics or in Sweden specifically? Do you have any kind of theories on what's happening here? Why? Why are these I people suddenly people doing it? People are traveling more, I think, too. Yeah. So they're like sort of, maybe traveling to Sri Lanka or Costa Rica or, you know, two weeks, 10 days and, yeah. and sort of surfing. 
get a taste for it. Yeah, get a bit of a taste for it, and then mm. sort of coming back here and uh, I mean everything's online now. It's pretty easy to see that there's waves here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think mainly it's probably that I think. Mm. Let's let's shift along to a bit of exploration um, because being a surfer in this part of the world is half about being willing to explore. Um, what has been your kind of biggest journey within the Sweden area for a surf? Like, what's the, you don't have to oh, name the destination, no, but you know, what have you, what have, what lengths have you we gone did to? Did a trip with Tim. I think we drove six, six and a half hours, maybe. Yeah, right. Um, and then the 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 wind had was forecast to like swing offshore, but it never did <laughs> before dark at least. <laughs> so we had like a, a average surf. Um, for like an hour, hour and a half. Yeah. And then we slept in the car and got up and the wind had swung, but the swell had dropped. So it was like, <laughs> no, then we drove six hours, six and a half hours back to uh, Stockholm. So that was probably like, I mean, the longest that I've driven for a Probably one of the longest surf. conversations you've had in your yeah, life too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he slept. He slept <laughs> oh, did he yeah. sleep? <laughs> Tim Latte is good for a yarn. Jeez. No, for sure. No, no. <laughs> Love you, Tim. Um, okay, so you've you've done some pretty serious kilometers to not get waves. Yeah. Um, but you've recently been um, looking further afield for for your fix. Do you want to um, tell us about this? Um, how this journey with six five four, you guys started doing some trips. But I, it's a little bit unclear to me still about what exactly these trips are all about. But you went to Iceland, so maybe how did that come about for you? What was that all about? Well, it had always been like a, a dream for me to surf Iceland and Lofoten in, yeah. in Norway. I've been I've been reading a lot about um, waves there, and it just seemed really interesting. Basically, mm. I was like, I'm I'm going to get there some at some stage. So, and a friend of my wife's, she's living up there now and skiing in the winter and summer, uh, spring. Sorry, yeah, uh, doing a lot of ski touring, and she she just messaged me and she said, Oh, Joel, you know, there's waves here. It's, you should get over and do a trip, bring some of the boys. And yeah. um, so I organized a trip over there and we teamed up uh, with uh, Siggy, a local who has a boat. So Handy. That, yeah. And um, nice guy to know, Ziggy. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. He's a real legend. Great. Um, so yeah, we spent a few days on the boat and then we spent a few days driving around just exploring the area and uh, we were, yeah, got good waves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's fickle. It's really yeah. fickle. It's, they get obviously a lot more swell, mm. um, but the wind is pretty gnarly there. It's connected to a serious storm, yeah. yeah? Exactly. Yeah. What were some of the waves like that you actually um, visited there? You don't have to name destinations, no, 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 of course. Uh, it was a lot of like uh, mainly beach breaks, mainly yeah. beach breaks, and then odd like sort of point break. Yep. Um, we surfed mainly beach breaks, uh, but yeah, it's like quite small swell windows in some yeah. of the spots and quite windy yeah you have to sort of and a lot of driving as well yeah sure a lot of driving what are some of the um are there any kind of key differences like you you said you you know this guy had a boat a boat makes a big difference in that part of the world to access places or more just for being able to check out some of the spots that you can't drive to yeah sure and just sort of see what's there check the potential yeah um we had a few surfs from the boat it was Nothing amazing, but it was still fun to be. So it wasn't like an Indo boat trip. No, yeah. not like that. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit definitely more, a little bit more Indo. Yeah. 
No, and then it kind of st- uh, stemmed from there. And then I got chatting with Yuan. Yuan was pretty keen to go back the year after. And we just sort of thought maybe we, we can organize a trip through the shop. Yeah. Um, and that went really well. Yeah. Uh, it's small, small groups, like six guys. Yeah. Um, six guys for one week, basically. Yep. Okay. And then we, we just uh, did a recon trip now uh, last May to Alaska. Yeah, so talk about that. Yeah, yeah. What, how did all that look? Because we, we, I have seen some, I think many people have seen a bit of vision from that, some cool photos, yeah, some pretty Alaska majestic. mind-blowing. I mean, Iceland's mind-blowing as well, but uh, Alaska was just like, I don't know, different, different mm. mind-blowing. Yeah. Um, just so remote as well and yeah. rugged. Uh, so yeah, we we had a plan to go to a spot sort of just south of Anchorage, yeah, and use that as a base. Okay. And teamed up with the Alaskan surf guides over there, Scott Rearson. Um, okay. So we took like a bush plane, Alaskan bush plane, okay. one day uh, out to uh, yeah, like a small beach, I guess. What exactly constitutes a bush plane? I don't know. I think it's like a, it's like a Cessna. You know, a Cessna. Yeah, I've, I know with, that word. With big wheels. Okay, big yeah, wheels. I think so. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the bush, maybe the bush element has to do with its ability to land in pretty rough, rough environments. Terrain, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we came, we landed on the beach. Yeah. Unloaded everything. Had a couple of surfs. Um, and then when the tide came in, mm. we had to sort of wait for the turn of the tide again to get a bit more beach. To, to take off. Yeah, but then we ended up uh, calling in the helicopter instead. So there was like, uh, you have two options, okay. basically, plane or helicopter to get to these places. Uh-huh. So that was kind of fun. We took the heli, the plane there and then the heli back. Okay. And then we did a couple, a day trip on a boat yeah. from that little harbor there, uh, surfed another wave, and then the last sort of two nights we spent on the, on the boat. Yeah, um, right. Which was another Scott scott uh, liska okay he's a, like a pioneer up there who's been okay. surfing that area for around like 20 30 years yeah right so he's got a boat um that he does surf trips and fishing trips cool and, uh, really shout out really to scott. No- knowledgeable guy and he's actually like yeah he sounds like he knows probably quite a lot with 20 years under his yeah, belt liska, yeah he knows a lot okay. he's uh, had some good stories any um bear risk is there a grizzly risk with um, uh, I mean, these trips? I, I guess always a risk. Yeah. But I mean, our guide, Scott, the, the first Scott. Yeah, um, Scott won. Yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't that faced. I think he had nah. some kind of bear spray with him. but A bear spray? Yeah, that was okay. it. Okay. Yeah. But uh, I think we, we saw a couple of black bears Yeah. Um, when we were on the boat, up on the, on the ridges. And They're a bit more chill, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, a little bit more chill, I think, the black yeah. bears, yeah. Cool. Okay. So there was no one like standing guard with a rifle, no, like, no, no. all right, guys, surf, no. I got you. But it was in the back of your mind. Yeah. Like if you, oh, you wouldn't wander off too far by yourself nah. without thinking about nah. it. I can say that. No thanks. Sure. No thanks. So what are the plans moving forward? Because it seemed like this kind of um, these tours were they're getting packaged up. Um, it looks like like to me like obviously six five four is kind of doing some more with this. So are there any plans that you can share about what the future holds for some of these tours? Yeah, I guess. Um, I mean, it's more as for a bit of fun at the moment, you yeah. know, just trying to get it off the ground and see how people react to it and okay. how it's going, how it sort of develops. Yeah. Um, but it would be nice to have like three cold water destinations. Mm-hmm. So Iceland, Alaska, and hopefully next year we're going to try and do a recon to Kamchatka in Russia. Okay. So that's on the, I was about that's to ask that cards. question. So that's yeah. on the cards. Yeah. At, at, so at, maybe have like three, yeah, three cold trips a year. Basically. Okay. 
into different destinations. Do you know much about that um, that particular cold spot um, in Russia? Because that that's way up north, isn't it? Is, yeah, it's, or where it, is it exactly? It, it's uh, it's on the far east coast. Oh, of yeah, Russia. it's like a peninsula. The Vostok. Is that the main city on that side? I'm not sure, to be honest. Yeah, but it connects up to Alaska, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. So it's like west of Alaska. Yeah, sure. Right along in that same sort of uh, sea. Yeah, okay. No, we've, I think we've seen some stuff there with a Malloy once. And yeah, I think, so. I, I think and, and a few like, guys there. Yeah, Burkhardt's been up yeah, there. Yeah, he's been up there, yeah. right. Okay, so, I mean, how, how much research has been done so far not, on that not one? Not that much just yet. It's okay. more like a, just an idea. Yeah, sure. Basically. What does, um, with these reconnaissance trips, it sounds very military, um, you know, approach, but what's the reality? Just someone pointed at the map and said, hey, guys, what are you No, it's more just to, like, meet the people. Yeah, there. okay. Um, All right. Like, meet the boat captains. Okay. People on the ground that Great. you can, like, establish a relationship with and, yep. um, and go from there. Okay. Basically. It's pretty hard to do everything by email. True. Um definitely makes a difference when you meet the person just get that like initial vibe and see how it's going to go you know sounds like meeting people's one of the main things that seems to happen up here around <laughs> surfing right it's like definitely. the key yeah, yeah. is it is it funny um i mean i know uh, as an aussie i guess i'm a little bit sometimes a little too critical of my people um but is surfing in your opinion more open to new people coming along or is it as closed because i know in some breaks like i know where i'm from you know there's a pretty tight crew usually and they don't really like anyone else turning up you're probably the same where you're from um i have had the good fortune of a wonderful surf at mcmaster's once but i definitely got nowhere near the peak um but like that is normal in australia and we kind of accept it it is i mean um, i don't like localism but it is what it is in yeah. Australia. That's it, is. it is there. Yeah. Um, not like aggressive. Yeah. But it's like, you know, if you go and surf a, a spot like a few beaches north or south, then yeah. you, you're not going to get the pick of the sets. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it? you just sort of work your way in, take yeah. your time. You end up getting a few, but it's yeah. never the never the same ones as you get at your home beach. Exactly. But I think here there's no... I mean, obviously in Australia, there's so much history of surfing. Yeah. Have, like it's in our culture. Yeah. Um, so everybody's aware of the rules and aware of how everything works where here is like it's no rules no nah. no one knows anything no nah. is it dangerous like i mean i've I've had a few near misses and things definitely like that dangerous yeah yeah it's starting to get here in, in at Torre, definitely it's like you'd be 50 guys in the water and it's like 15 guys know what they're doing and the rest are yeah, yeah it, it's dangerous for sure I had a couple of friends this um uh, Summer got like run over and really yeah, yeah. fin chops and everything. No, not fin chops, but like pretty. And everyone's on big boards, yeah, heavy boards. Yeah, they're gonna leave bruises. Yeah, he's got his back pretty bruised up. Wow. Yeah, can't say I've ever had that happen in my life. No. Um, but they're just so keen, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, and that's what I mean. You can't like, it's really hard to say. You basically have to get run over before you would say anything. Yeah, exactly. Because like, everyone's just having so much fun, you know. Everyone's just frothing and just yeah. want to catch some waves. And so there's few, it's a really long fuse. It is. You know, yeah, like, yeah, it has to be. Yeah, Buddy, you're yeah. going to have to really like get him a business to yeah. have any problems here. But I mean, the best thing when it comes into winter, like a lot of a lot of the guys drop off. And yeah. Course, you know, it becomes bitterly cold and yeah. not worth it for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but that's when it that's when it's good yeah <laughs> that's when it's like yeah more exciting for me at least yeah it's like freezing yeah yeah i like it numbers go down yeah so to wrap things up i mean i think we've had a great chat we've covered quite a few things um about your experience up here in the nordics as a as an immigrant like me um what what is your like what is the absolute best memory for you so far here in surfing in in sweden if you can kind of tell us a story spin us a story for the last kind of the outro here i think it must have been um oh for sure definitely um when a friend rang me and he's like we're gonna go and surf this spot tomorrow it's a semi-secret spot um but the forecast looks really good Mm -hmm. and i was like okay and he's like but i don't want to get your hopes up too much in case it sucks because you never know with the forecast here it changes so okay um, so he picked me up early and we we drove, I think it was a couple of hours maybe. What's early exactly in this story? Uh, early, I mean, early for me, it's like five in the morning. I was going to say, like yeah. Chippy's like, get yeah, up early. Yeah, I'm up early. I'm yeah, up okay, five, so five, five every day. Yeah, okay. Uh, no, On maybe, the road. Maybe it wasn't five, but it was like... Um, 5.15. Like, yeah, 5.20. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we, we did the drive and got there and it was like, it was pumping. Right. Yeah, it blew my mind. Okay, so describe pumping then. It was like, um, yeah, like maybe six waves in every set, head high, maybe a couple of bigger ones, and pretty long wave, um, potential barrel section, clean. Now you're talking. Clean, yeah. like wrapping. Uh, it, was, it was actually really good. It, okay. it really surprised me, and I think that was like the day that changed my whole like perception of what's available to surf in the Baltic if you know where and when and how, basically. There, there are good waves. Yeah. But it's not very often. Yeah. But I think, uh, yeah, once you get to learn the weather and it's a lot of hours looking at weather forecasting and different yeah. apps. And, yeah. Oh, it becomes uh, draining after a while. But <laughs> if you don't do it, you're going to miss it's it. It's emotional. Yeah, it is emotional. It's emotional. Well, that's nice. And... Um, well, then we'll wrap it up there with that um, story of Baltic perfection, uh, fleeting as it was. It didn't last. How many hours did it last for? Uh, five hours, maybe. Five hours. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. That's, that is all she writes sometimes in the Baltic, folks. And um, for this uh, episode of the Nordic Surfers Magazine Conversation Podcast, this is all she has written as well. So thank you very much, Joel, for taking the time today to meet me and um, have this great great chat no problem josh thank yeah. you and um i guess we look forward to some uh seeing you and the and the gang up here in stockholm do some more cool trips for everyone to um get a bit excited about so anyone listening make sure you check out the uh 654 expeditions right is that the yeah that's the word and um you know get in touch if you're feeling expeditious and you want to go and um freeze your balls off and get some waves with these guys (laughs) that's all for now thanks for tuning in